was a God. Why hasn't God stopped this? And I always have to remember that God never promised us a life that doesn't have suffering involved in it. God never said, if you believe in me and because I exist, that everything is going to be easy all the time. God never said that. What God said is that no matter what happens, I'm going to be doing a good work to transform your life. And part of what God uses in the midst of that is suffering. In today's message, Pastor Daniel will show us how God uses suffering in our lives to make us more like Jesus. He never promised us a life free of pain or suffering. In fact, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. But we will hear today that in our suffering, God never leaves us. We are never alone, and we have the opportunity in suffering to be changed into the likeness of Jesus. We can become more like Him if we keep our eyes on Him. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 8 as he begins his message, Don't Waste the Hard Things. So sometimes in life, we have to be honest about the fact that life is full of all different things. There are times of great victory, and then there are also times of crushing situations. Unfortunately, we've all experienced them before. I would love to be able to tell you that in every single situation, everything is just going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. But then you and I live in the real world. I remember when I realized that everything wasn't always perfect. It was the summer after my first year of college. I went to Rutgers University in my home state of New Jersey. And I remember my mom just wasn't quite right. There was something that was going on. I remember her and my dad went to the doctors early one morning and they were gone the entire day. And and I remember that all of a sudden uh, my father came home late at night without my mom. And and I remember at that moment, we, we found out that my mother had been diagnosed with cancer. And that was the beginning of an excruciating journey for my mom primarily, but also for me as her son, my sisters, my, my father, my grandparents. So many things were going on. And, and from that initial diagnosis, then from there, just, you know, what, whether you're going through radiation and chemo and, and allergic reactions to medicines. And this was now, you know, over you know, 20 years ago. And so there was all these different things that went on. And I learned at that point, I mean, life had been pretty easy. Life had been pretty beautiful. Things kind of went along as you'd expect them to go along. You know, there was such so many great memories and good times until all of a sudden you realize that life is not always easy. As I always like to say, life is messy, right? But not only is life messy, but life is messy, but, but Jesus is real. See, Jesus has an amazing way of meeting us in the midst of the messes, in the midst of the hard things of life. And he has this extreme extraordinary ability to do amazing things. But what I want to share with you today is that God does not want any of us to waste the hard things. Because what I want you to know is that God doesn't waste the hard things. There are many people right now, and maybe you're in this category, they say, well, you know, if there was a God, why hasn't God stopped this? And I always have to remember that God never promised us a life that doesn't have suffering involved in it. God never said, if you believe in me and because I exist, that everything is going to be easy all the time. God never said that. What God said is that no matter what happens, 
I'm going to be doing a good work to transform your life. And part of what God uses in the midst of that is suffering. And so I want us to, as we're moving together today through this passage, I want to really encourage you that part of walking in an unstoppable hope is realizing that our hope happens in a context. And oftentimes the context where hope is born is in the midst of suffering. And so in order to get at that with you today, I want you to open up your Bibles or open up another browser window for Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 39. Romans 8, verses 18 to 39. Romans chapter 8 is a very famous chapter in the Bible. If you're new to the Bible, if you're flipping through the Bible, Romans is Paul's first epistle in the New Testament. So if you get to that last quarter of your Bible, you have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you have the book of the Acts of the Apostles. And then you have the Apostle Paul's letter. Romans is that first one there. And I always like to remind people, if you're looking for it in the Bible, that chapter 8 always sits conveniently between chapter 7 and chapter 9. And so The Apostle Paul picks up talking to the church in Rome in this way. He says in verse 18, he says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was not subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. See, what we learn right away, and we really get this from verse 18, for I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. It's a simple truth that suffering is not optional. Suffering is not optional. Now, I hate having to say that, but my job as a pastor is to be able to share with you what the scriptures teach. And the apostle says, I consider that the present time suffering the, the suffering that happens in each one of our lives, right? We learn here that suffering is not He's saying that suffering that we experience, it's not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. So he's saying, listen, we have suffering on this side of eternity, but there's a glory that's going to be revealed in us. And the reason I say that suffering is not optional is because as the Apostle Paul unpacks what's going on, this present day suffering, he reminds us that all of creation was subjected to futility, not willingly. And really what we learn is that when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden, not only did humanity fall, but all of creation fell with him. And, and that's an important thing to realize because we live in a fallen and broken world. If you don't believe me, just watch the Nature Channel. Or actually, you know, it's funny, uh, with all that's been going on, my family, we decided we were going to subscribe. We had held off on subscribing to Disney+. Plus. And, and it's beautiful because on Disney+, Plus, there's these story about elephants. There's a story. We watch one about dolphins. We watch one about uh, chimpanzees. We watch all these different documentaries or stories about animals. And in each one of them, there is a scary scene where a predator is going could potentially kill the prey. And I'm reminded that God in creating everything 
This was not the way that it was, but, but because of the fall, death happens. Things are broken. And if you think about when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, first it said they hid themselves from God and they felt shame. So there was a breaking of their relationship with themselves, then their relationship with God. They were hiding from God. Then they begin blaming one another. So all the conflict and ultimately God's way to be able to heal at that moment or to cover in that moment, they made fig leaves outfits for themselves. You know, it's amazing that, you know, no one's tried to roll out the fig leaf fashion yet. But then of course the Lord was like, no, no, not fig leaves. And he had killed some animals to be able to make coverings for them. Why? It shows the brokenness of creation. And here's the deal. Whether we like it or not, suffering's not optional this side of eternity. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, I think sometimes we get lulled into this belief that if I believe in Jesus, everything is going to go perfectly. Everything, I'm never going to get sick. There's never going to be any problems. If I believe in the Lord and I follow the Lord, that there will be no suffering. But the Bible never says that. The Bible says that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to what we're looking forward to. As God brings a resolution to all these things. Something that we're waiting for in the future. The Apostle Paul also said it to the church in Corinth this way. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 to 18. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Now I want to stop right there. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart, my friends. Even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You see what he's saying? He's saying we don't lose heart because we have these temporary afflictions. They're happy now. The outward person, our outward bodies, this creation, it's, it's slowly passing away. But because of the work of the Spirit of God, because of our faith in Jesus, our inward person is being renewed day by day. And we realize that all the suffering that is not optional on this side of eternity, that suffering, it's working in us for a far greater weight of glory in each one of us. Why? Because we're not only looking at the things that are seen, we're looking at the things that are not seen. We're not only looking at what's in front of us now, but we have an unstoppable hope in ourselves because of the finished work of Jesus, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, that we look at the not optional presence of suffering in our lives, whatever that looks like for each one of us, right? And we're realizing that God has a plan and we're looking forward to what God is going to do. So we have to realize that Jesus never told us that suffering wasn't going to be part of our lives. We live in a fallen world. So how are you suffering right now? What's going on right now? Maybe it's just issues with your family. Maybe the health, your health problems are, are, are just are, are huge. Or someone you love, you have a broken heart because of the bad decisions of someone you love. Or, or maybe so you lost your job in the midst of all that's going on right now. Or maybe you've been out of work for a while and you were going to get a job and it, and it just fell through. Or, or, or whatever it is. Listen, we all realize that suffering is the context in our own lives through which God wants to birth hope. All of us suffer. All of us have issues. You know what's amazing is Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. You try and do everything right. This is what the Apostle Paul says. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus 
will suffer persecution. Now think about that. He's saying, listen, if you desire to honor the Lord, right? You just do everything right by the Lord with what he wants to do. You make every right decision. And then Paul says, yeah, but if you desire to live life godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer. Wow. Suffer at the hands of other people. So suffering, it's not optional. It's just part of life on this side of eternity in which God is moving. Now, as we continue in Romans chapter 8, verse 24, listen to what it says. It says, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. My friends, right here, we have hope to find right here. First, we learn that, of course, that hope, that we've been saved in this hope, right? So there's a hope that we have that we've been saved into, and but a hope that is seen is not hope. For why would one still hope for what he sees? Now, here's the deal. We talk about this unstoppable hope. Unstoppable hope is what's being born with the things that you can't see. See, as followers of Jesus, we realize that there are things that we can see. When we can see it, we don't need to hope in it. We see what it is. But true hope is us paying forward the trust that we have in the Lord into the situations we find ourselves in. Hope is us paying forward the trust that we have in the Lord in situations that we don't know how it's going to work out. See, and so we realize that we hope in things that we do not see. And then it says, and if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I love that. Hope to find. It's eager. It's patient. And it's persevering. Right? When you have an unstoppable hope, when you have your faith and trust in Jesus, no matter what the suffering you're going through, there's an eagerness knowing that your God is a good God and that God can do anything, right? There is a patience. You realize that at some point this thing is going to break. I'm in the middle chapters. I'm in the beginning of this journey of suffering. But at some point, this thing is going gonna, is gonna to open up in some way. And then we, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance, where we have a no-quit attitude because we know that our God is in control and that our God is working. And one of the great testimonies of the people of God in the midst of suffering is when we walk in that unstoppable hope. Listen, right now, if you have a situation you don't know how it's going to work out, then now it's time to start walking in hope. Putting your eyes on the Lord, not on the situation. You look at the situation, you, you'll go crazy. You, you, you'll get all worked up about all these different things, but you get your eyes on the Lord. Listen, I admit, it's not always the easiest thing. But listen, in times of suffering, in times of struggle, in messy situations, I'm always learning. I can't just listen to myself. i got to preach to myself. I can't just allow my brain to do all the stuff that it wants to do. I don't know how your brain works. My thing gets a, it gets a, little, it's a little broken up there sometimes. Where I start thinking about all these different things. And before I know it, I'm spiraling down. But then in the midst of that, if I can remember what the scriptures teach, that when you can't see how suffering is going to end, we choose hope because Jesus is real. Right? When you don't know what's going to happen next, we choose hope. We know that we don't have to hope for what we can see, but we hope for what's not seen. And then once we're walking in that hope, knowing that we've been saved in that hope, now all of a sudden... 
we can be eager for what God's going to do. And we can be patient in what's going on. And we have this persevering reality. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. Also talking about how God uses these sufferings to birth hope. He says, not only that, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I love that. See, we glory. It's, it's talking about us. We are praising God in the midst of suffering because we know that these tribulations, they produce ultimately hope. It's a tribulation. It teaches us how to persevere. We were talking about that, right? And as we persevere for long enough that God is transforming our character to make us more and more like Jesus as we move through this world. And then ultimately that character leads to hope. And that hope doesn't disappoint us. Why? Because we were saved in that hope. We have a hope because God's love has been poured out on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, remember I told you earlier about my, my mother's cancer diagnosis. Ultimately, my mother lost her battle to cancer after a number of years. And, you know, as I look back on it, it was one of the hardest things that I've ever gone through as a person. My family has ever gone through. But in a lot of ways, my mom's passing caused me to ask questions about eternity in ways that I had never asked before as a, you know, a, a late teenager. You know, I was like 19 years old or 20 years old when this all happened. And I, and I, and I was grappling with questions that I had never asked before. Listen, I wish I didn't have to go through all that. I wish my mom didn't have to go through that. I wish she was here right now. I wish she could have met my bride, Lynn, and our kids and, and my sister's spouses and their kids and seen all that God has done in our lives. But God has this amazing way of when we look at the Lord in the midst of the not optional sufferings of life, where then all of a sudden we begin to realize that now hope is welling up. And I'll be honest, having gone through that and seeing what God has done with hindsight, that's 2020. I can look on the present sufferings or future sufferings. And I'm like, listen, I know that my God does amazing things. I know that although life is messy, Jesus shows himself real. And it's my hope that today, whatever you're going through, whatever street level looks like for you, whatever that suffering is for you right now, that you would start to look to Jesus and, and start to walk in that unstoppable hope that you would say, I know my God is going to do a work. I don't know how he's going to move, but whatever he does, I know he's going to work this stuff out in my life. And that's what walking by faith is all about, my friends. Listen, and even right now, I'm sure there's somebody like, I, I can't imagine how God's going to do it. Listen, with people, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I love reminding people that we believe because of the finished work of Jesus and the God of the all things are possible. I know what all things being possible means. It means all things. It means God working out the most horrific situations and being able to bring beauty through it. Now, I know some of you are saying, listen, that's fine. Okay, so, so great. You believe that. But I have no clue how God can bring something beautiful out of what I've gone through. Well, well guess what? God has a couple things lined up for us in the midst of suffering that we want to make sure that we understand so that you can see how God brings beauty out of challenging things. Look at what it says. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, 
For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, what we learn here is that in the midst of suffering, we have the help that we need. See, if you're in Christ, you already have the help that you need because it's talking about suffering's not optional. We live in a fallen world. Then, of course, we, we learn that we have hope to find where we eagerly wait for it with perseverance because we were saved in hope and it's things that we don't yet see. And then it, we're told that the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, that God has given us the Spirit of God, the Helper, to help us in our weakness because we don't know how we ought to pray. Some of you are like that. Like, I don't even know how to pray right now. How could God work this out? Listen, God has given the Spirit to help us in our weakness. The Spirit groans on our behalf makes intercession for us and he also searches the hearts and he knows what God is up to what God is doing see what I love about the reality of what it means to be in Christ to believe in Jesus is that we already have the help that we need God has already given us the spirit if you're here right now and you've already put your faith and trust in Jesus then the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your life you are already indwelt by the third person of the Trinity. And you already have all the help that you need. You may not know what to do, but the Spirit does. And of course, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he, speaking of the Spirit, may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he'll be in you. Right now, in the midst of the suffering, you can have hope because God has already given you the help that you need. How awesome is that? It's kind of like what a parent does with their kids. You know, we would always, in our kids' lunches, we'd always put a couple extra snacks. Sometimes we'd hide pencils in there because we knew that the kids were going to need those things. See, sometimes as parents, we know what our kids need before our kids even realize it. Right, And in a lot of ways, that's exactly what our Heavenly Father has done with us. He knew that in a world that is full of suffering, we needed a helper, and he gave us his spirit. And Jesus said, the spirit will dwell with you. He'll be in you. Now, not only do we have the help that we need, but back in Romans chapter 8, picking up in verse 28, it tells us something else. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. Jesus is Life is messy, but Jesus is real. In today's message, Pastor Daniel showed us how Jesus meets us in the middle of our messes, and he's able to do extraordinary things. God never promised us a life without suffering. Because of the fall, things are broken, and death happens. But we don't lose hope because we know that there are things we can't see. Unstoppable hope is what's born in the things you can't see. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to let you know that you're gonna make it. In my latest book, 
You're going to make it. Unlocking resilience when life is a mess. I unpack the keys to living with a deeply biblical resilience. You will explore how to blossom during times of suffering, fear and worry, and stress. And in this messy world, these keys are invaluable. Get your copy now at JesusIsReal.com. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page. That website again is JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will remind us that with people, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God has two things lined up for us when we enter impossible situations. First, He sent His Spirit who holds all wisdom and knows what to do. And second, He's shown us that His goal is to make us more like Christ. Next time, we'll learn that when we know these two things, we can embrace whatever we go through. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Unstoppable Hope. Until then, may God bless.